Hi. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Better than usual. Point your microphone at your damn face. Sorry. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals. And best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. Or as we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. Yeah, I'm Kim Haynes, <laughs> midwife at a busy birth center and small home birth practice. I'm Meredith Rowe, also a midwife at the same small home birth practice. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula for clients in and out of the hospital and also a birth assistant with these two at yeah. their out of hospital practice. Hello. Love it. Hello. So exciting day already, it ladies. It is so beautiful out oh right my now. Gosh, so beautiful. So we're recording on the roof. We decided to do something oh. new and exciting. We're on the roof. And um, we have a topic that's not very exciting, but I love talking about this. Okay, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is exciting. <laughs> Meredith finds it very exciting. Our birth story of the week is exciting. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we have a lot to we have a lot to cover today, actually. I feel like we're gonna end up talking longer than what we need yeah. to. So, so what the fuck are we talking what about? What are we talking God, your language is offensive to Foul my mouth. ears. Oh, so offensive. <laughs> so today we are talking all about placentas and the third stage of labor. So um, the one any, that a lot of people don't know about. For any for anybody out there who doesn't know, the first stage of labor is the stage where your cervix dilates and opens. The second stage is where you actually push your baby down and out. And the third stage is from the time that your baby is born until your placenta is born. Or also known as the stage that I now celebrate. I was going to yes. say, I don't celebrate till after that placenta is out. Exactly. And the fourth stage of labor is the next 18 years while you raise your child. Um, Chris <laughs> Let's is, try 26. Chris is 25 next week, and I, I'm still feeling it. I, yeah. say, I, I would say at least 26, because he's not going anywhere anytime it's soon. It's very laborious, and unlike your real labors, it's taking a really long Do time. You, Excuse that? you, Kim works really hard at her labors. <laughs> so hard. How dare you minimize her throwing oh, herself on the bed and locking herself in I did that naked. Can we, can I, I'm super excited because we have Patreon people. Yeah, we do. And we already have enough to pay for someone. So this episode will be the first one that we are paying someone to. um, Attempting to. Attempting to (laughs) both, but we'll see how it goes. It's very, very harsh negotiations. I I don't know if we're going to be able to hire this person. He's so in demand. Apparently, um, we don't understand how hard it is to actually do these things. No, we don't. So he also. I know how hard it is, and I stopped immediately. So I'm excited. We don't have to say we don't, we'll just yes. stop. We'll just stop there. But also for everyone out there, our Patreon is actually finally up and running. So please go check it out. There's three different levels that you can decide to lend your support. You can also donate like a million dollars at that'd any be, time. That'd be perfect. Yes. Also, There's, thank you to those who've already become a part of our Patreon We're village. To do shout outs for our first Patreon. Yeah, we Patreon. are. Patreons. I think Chelsea was number one, right? Chelsea was our first patron. Chelsea! Chelsea, we, we love, love you, Chelsea. Chelsea. So much. It's like one of our favorite. I'm sure table. she's out taking glorious photos right now in this beautiful fall weather. She, when I opened my first little center in yeah. Stephen City, she and her husband Logan came. They not only donated like the paint for the entire center. Yeah. Logan came and painted Aww. for hours and hours so with sweet. me. They are They're so like such a power couple. God, I love them so like, much. Couple goals. So and she hard. also does amazing photography. So if you need pictures anywhere, check her out. Chelsea Felty Photography. Um, little plug. Yeah, and then our second patron 
veteran, one of our favorites. Haley um, Bobelli. Haley from Beluga, baby. We love you, What's Haley. What's up, girl? Can't Thanks wait to see you. Thanks for always being so supportive. Whether, whether it's like rocking our life with lighting at our live event or like donating to our Patreon, you're amazing. Thanks for I all you do. I wish she could just follow me around every day, like yeah. fixing my hair. She just like That's glitter, she glitter around fairy me. around you and make you like have a glow when all the time. When she's around me, she's always like, let me do your makeup. Let me curl your hair. <laughs> okay. Let me, she just walks around making my life better <laughs> all the time. That's called a life coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we love you. You have Haley. one for free. So please uh, check out our Patreon. But let's get into this episode. Let's dive in. Like, like a muff. muff. Sorry, so I'm also freaking out because okay. the kids are acting like they're going to dive into it's the fine. creek right now. They'll be they're, fine. they're good. They're fine. Um, so you know what's really cool about a placenta? <laughs> what? It's the only organ that exists that creates itself for a short amount of time and then dies when it's no longer necessary. And knows its point in life. It's not so trying cool. to be something it's not. Yeah. <laughs> knows it's a placenta. It's <laughs> He's a placenta. <laughs> I, think I know there's some pretty crabby ones out there that get a little finicky there at the end, but... I think placentas are so amazing. I've always been very, like, uh, interested in them. I know that you, fun fact, used to be disgusted by them, and you had to, like, overcome yeah. your fear of placentas. They just made me... When I started school, I could handle anything but placentas, so they made me gag. So I just played in them for months. <laughs> she literally filled a baby pool with them and just played in them. Which and is so, them. it's so awesome because now you're like a placenta badass. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I yeah. try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you know who the real placenta badass is, is Nikki Williams. Yeah. She knows everything there is. I send her every weird placenta and I'm like, what is this? And yeah. she she's like, well, this right is this away. and this and this and this and this. So why don't we start by talking about what a placenta actually is and what it does? I think it's cool that we we always joke about how the male contribution to pregnancy is so, so small and so, so short. Teeny, teeny, tiny. (laughs) It's not always small, as you can attest to. I mean, I'm just saying. Is that all it takes is 15 minutes? (laughs) All it takes is 15 minutes? What do you do with with the other 23 hours and 45 minutes of the day? Yes, that was a good reference. So, but we know now that the sperm is what contributes to the formation of the placenta. That's interesting. I did not know that. No, me neither. Which is shocking because you know everything. <laughs> and no, I had no I idea you were going to say that being this take 14. No, I don't. <laughs> um, and not only that, every time you have a baby, every time you by get a new baby daddy, by a new baby daddy, um, you have an, a renewed chance of preeclampsia or any other placental issue because it's a new Different sperm. chance. Yes, because you don't know how that sperm, those genetics are going to mix with your body. Mm -hmm. That is super interesting. I didn't know that. There's so little that's known about preeclampsia. You know what that means? That's just one more thing we can blame men for. Actually, that's true. Oh, I love blaming men Thank you. Thank you, men, for preeclampsia. So then, so again, like what actually becomes is that it becomes an organ that is. It is attached to the inside of your uterus and also to the baby by the umbilical cord. Mm-hmm. And it supplies the baby with all of its oxygen, all of its nutrients. And it has the membranes so that when your water breaks, that's what breaks. That the house is, yeah, um, the house of the baby. And it also removes waste products from the baby's blood. So it basically... Uh, that's why babies' hearts and yeah. lungs are so different than ours. It is because the barrier. they get everything through umbilical cord. It's the cord. barrier between us and our babies. And before one of our really smart, really into it listeners corrects us, 
the placenta doesn't actually grow into the uterus. It grows into the lining of the uterus. Okay. It, if it grows into the uterus, that's, that's an accretion. That's, that's a bad thing. Did so I I'm just, that? I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying. It's okay. This is a learning process. <laughs> I mean, I know that, but. I know. know. I just word wise. Gotcha. For all um, of our picky people out so there. So anyway, so going back to the third stage of labor. So the placenta is so amazing to me because it grows inside of you. And then it knows how long it needs to work. And then some people think that it is part of the signal that contributes to labor starting. Mm -hmm. And that the the placenta actually ages as the baby is developing inside of you. And then when the baby's born, it's done and... Which is why a lot of out of your body. people ask their clients to get a biophysical profile after 41 weeks just to ensure that the placenta is still functioning at its prime so that it's continue yeah. to, safe to continue the pregnancy to 42 weeks. And yeah. what's I think um, just one of the gazillion things that's neat is if you are going post-dates and you get what's called a membrane sweep, part of the reason that works is not just that we're messing with your cervix, but when you do a sweep, it's actually separating the um, amnion chorion, your sac, from the cervix and from the uterine wall mm -hmm. and when you do that when you put a barrier which is your finger in between it kind of sends hormones mm -hmm. it's almost like oh hey it's like a signal like, bloop, 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 yeah bloop, it's bloop. really cool the way it all works yeah. together that is a smart ass organ yeah it really is so let's talk about how third stage is handled in different places because there's two different thoughts on how you should routinely handle third stage so i know it's like that a bipartisan <laughs> Yes. Um, it's a two-party So I know uh, us <laughs> in our practice, um, we do the physiological birth of the placenta, which means that... Much to our dismay. Sometimes we wish we could just yeah, take just it on out. It right on so out just there. like if, if everything's going according to plan and nothing's wrong and bleeding's okay. So what that means is that, um, you know, just like there's this huge cascade of hormones during labor and birth that that's supposed to continue after birth. And so you get this huge rush of like oxytocin and all these great things when your baby comes out. And Which is why breastfeeding can help with the delivery of the placenta yes. as well because that produces a lot of oxytocin. And so then the baby comes out, you put baby onto mom's chest, baby starts rooting around for mom's nipple, creating more oxytocin, more oxytocin. There's, you know, parts of it like the baby's stepping mechanism can help massage her uterus. Um, and Or if you're like a breast crawl fan, like yeah. all of those things are also happening. And so... I hate the breast crawl. <laughs> it's so hard to be patient. It's hard to watch. Um, well, I'm not patient. I don't have patience. So then all of those hormones then do the work of having mom's uterus keep contracting down around the placenta, which shears it off the wall. And then when she's ready... She births the placenta. I hate that word. Shears. Shears. Like a sheep. <laughs> it just like, sounds so violent. There's no other way to describe it. <laughs> gently, gently removes. No. Now, I would. No. So there are some things that can have added risk for bleeding or whatever during that phase. And so some people say disturbing the like mother baby like dance that's happening puts increased risk for mom to bleed and things not to go correctly so the two the two main causes of um hemorrhage in the third stage is miss one mismanaged third mm -hmm. stage so we get a pulling on right the so placenta too your, hard your body needs to tell the placenta it's done yeah. yeah and by doing that by contracting it like you said shears it away mm -hmm. well you so, have to 
sorry no go ahead you just have to think too like you just had a baby so your uterus is having to go all the way down to the a size of a placenta or like down yeah. to meet your placenta rather than the size of like an entire baby so that takes yes. time like you have to respect your body's natural process of doing that mm-hmm. and i don't feel like that's respected in certain communities no not at all but if you wait like if you wait and have contractions and allow your body to kick the placenta out and shear it away then the placenta can just be plopped right out yeah if you don't or, or you'll see mom every once in a while get that really big pushing urge yeah. again like we've seen where mom's yes. just like and i've been actually goes like thanks to out. all my recent <laughs> cord avulsions i've oh been God. letting them do that more and more like and they actually yeah. are able to usually push it out but you've slowed down on placentas a lot Jesus god i swear i go back and forth but if you don't allow the uterus to contract enough to release the placenta then what you're doing is you're ripping the placenta out of the lining which Mm -hmm. one you're going to leave products behind and then your uterus will be possibly and and often and then your uterus is confused and it thinks it still needs to feed blood to this placenta because there's still a part left behind so then you bleed and you bleed Um, and the other reason that you bleed too much is uterine acne which means your uterus isn't contracting so if your uterus isn't contracting and you decide to just rip it out then Mm -hmm. you're like double dosing you know the big oh let's or or sometimes your uterus is is has sheared off part of it and part of it stays right because it doesn't always come off at the and same so time it comes off in chunks can't contract around it and that'll cause you to bleed as well while the placenta is still right in. so the short story is if you allow it to physiologically happen the way it's supposed to then your uterus will start contracting and i find that sometimes it can take 10 or 15 minutes yeah for a mom mm-hmm. to, to start getting contractions, contractions again and that yeah. is okay mm-hmm. if there's no bleeding mm-hmm. so then you contract your uterus releases your midwife or your doctor may or may not help the placenta out because sometimes mm-hmm. you do have to pull it out of the vagina. Just when it's sitting well, in the vagina. Oh, that, and that's just the, the natural way that it would That's occur. also just because yes. most women are like laying on their backs with their babies at that point. So, so like your pelvis isn't open. There. So it just kind of hangs out in your vagina. Like so, so that's the way that we like to facilitate the birth of placenta is by letting the body do its natural thing. And, and there's we also only so many herbs and things you can use yeah. too. Like, like ripping on a placenta is like nowhere near the first step you can take. Yeah. Like there's herbs to get your uterus moving again. Like there's so much you can do before you get to that point. And we only intervene if something is going not Mm -hmm. right or there's too much bleeding. The the (laughs) second way that some providers um, like to prevent postpartum hemorrhage is by doing what they call... um, uh, Third stage management. Third stage management. Which most people don't even know is happening, honestly. Yeah, and so that would be what's happening um, routinely in the hospital where baby comes out... They start Pitocin, even if you haven't had Pitocin for the labor. They start doing some sort of cord traction. Some providers do some fungal massage. And they work to get the placenta out pretty quickly because they feel like there is, um, you know, increased risk of hemorrhage. prevents, lowers the risk of postpartum hemorrhage and which so is so funny real- because that also causes mm-hmm. postpartum hemorrhage also cause postpartum but they have hemorrhage. all the meds right there they already got everything yeah. set up to manage it so for them it's like normal yeah. when i was in haiti um obviously their um resources were slim so for every mom it didn't matter if it was their first or their fifth when the head was out you gave them a shot of pitocin 
In the thigh. Yeah. In the thigh. And then the body came out. And then within 30 minutes, they needed to be walking to the recovery room. Wow. Wow. That's nuts. I'm just like imagining what a hospital birth would be like, though, if they did wait for like 15 minutes to an hour for the placenta to come out. Could you imagine having like an OB or a nurse midwife like hovering around like that long, just waiting? It would be a nightmare. It just makes, I mean, it makes sense to me. And, and there are times I have months where it's like one hemorrhage after another. And I do see the benefits of giving everyone a shot of Pitocin. And Mm -hmm. I mean, not everyone needs it, but I see why they, they might do it. And so that, that leads me to want to talk about some of the things that can cause a physiological, um, third stage to not work as well. Um, because like I said, there's a lot of hormones at play during that period of time. And, some of the things that can make it harder for a mom to release the amount of oxytocin that she's supposed to is just like in labor, um, being separated from your baby. Stress. So if there's a separation from your baby, if you're stressed and you're releasing a lot of adrenaline, that's going to make it harder for your body to make oxytocin. Um, so those kind of things could make it more likely that your bleed or that your uterus isn't going to keep contracting the way it's supposed to. And I think that the interesting thing, and, and also um, oxytocin is better like made in privacy um, and in darker situations. And so that makes me think about the hospital. Part of the reason why they like doing uh, relying on pharmaceuticals as opposed to the body's natural is because really what's happening in a delivery room around the time of birth is not super helpful for helping the The hormones do what they're supposed to do. So usually there's like a whole bunch of people come in right at the end Usually they're like trying to like, t- like yeah. get all over your baby and like yep. even try to like weigh them really quickly. There's bright lights. Sometimes there's a separation. Usually they're like repairing mom's perineum right away. Mm-hmm. The baby's on the warmer. It's not like this like dark, quiet, bonding environment. So I could see how that really could increase your risk of not making, of releasing more adrenaline and not as much oxytocin so that there is probably more bleeding more at the hospital than what we would see yeah. at home. And also, I do think it starts, while I understand why they do it, it kind of starts that cycle. Because if you give your body something synthetic, it's telling your body, like, oh, I don't need that. Right, you stop so, making your own natural Right. So then any time, even for me, to use a shot of Pitocin mm-hmm. for several minutes, if not an hour, I mean, I think it's like a 10-minute half-life, half-life or something. Yeah. But still, like, in that amount of time, the mom is unable to produce oxytocin. Because the same way she would be, yeah. Right. So it's it's a cycle, whether you whether it's a short circle, cycle or a long cycle, if you have mm-hmm. an IV of Pitocin running, then you still even have a longer chance of your body. So there is some... Um, there is some research that using synthetic Pitocin also fills up your oxytocin receptors. So getting induced with Pitocin can also increase your risk of um, postpartum hemorrhage if you're using it for a long time. But that also there's some research that using Pitocin in labor or even postpartum can increase your risk of uh, postpartum depression because yeah, of you're because not oxytocin, pitocin doesn't cross your blood-brain barrier the same way natural oxytocin does, which is what the bonding hormone that makes you feel safe and loved. And well, and it's interesting you know, the fact that it fills up the receptors, which means you can't receive, you can't receive more. Yeah, you can only go so high with pitocin. Mm-hmm. And again and again, I see moms, our friend Jesse, um, they don't respond to pitocin at all mm-hmm. and we recently had a mom that that did have a hemorrhage that had zero response to mm-hmm. per, to pitocin at all so then you wonder like why 
That's because their own oxytocin is flooding them so much. Like, no, get out. There's room for you in here. So it's interesting. It is. It is when you think about how it all works. But there's a doctor. Is it Marsden Wagner? Um, And I was always really interested in his work because he is like super, super into protecting that That like golden golden hour hour and like messing with mom as little as possible and making sure baby's on mom skin to skin and like not like telling mom what she needs to be doing so she can work with her body's own natural instincts and he always says that he doesn't even check the placenta like to see if it's like complete complete until like an hour after the birth because he really wants to unless there's like noticeable bleeding do you mean she sorry do you mean like once it's out he doesn't check it or you mean like he's not messing with the placenta to to see See? if it's separated i hear that that, but also i feel like moms are so uncomfortable before their placenta comes out out. so the i just feel like i try to be more proactive for the mom's sake so she can be more comfortable yeah i used to have i mean as the years go by of course it goes back and forth and then if i have a really bad hemorrhage or routine placenta then you get kicked back to the i'm only waiting this many minutes but yeah um i used to be comfortable with an hour mm-hmm. and and now I, I can be comfortable with an hour but i absolutely start facilitating within 30 minutes gotcha whether they're bleeding or not yeah because is that because just, of maternal comfort checking. or just like you recognize increased risk um, after a certain period of time I just i for me for my own um experience once the placenta is in for 30 minutes it's things tend to yeah that's it i mean why is it not out in 30 minutes it's not like um if they're if everything is physiologically normal they should be contracting they're nursing um the placenta should be released so i typically find that even if i wait a full 30 minutes the placenta has released already and you can gently see like is it just hanging out there and yeah occasionally there will be a mom that just has a little bit of a trickle and when you when you kind of do some traction it increases and that says to me okay it's not fully released Mm -hmm. yet yeah so then i'll just i'm a lot more conservative now after um my sweet 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 client had a hemorrhage up on the mountain and mm-hmm. we, we did wait longer than I usually would and it didn't it ended safely and well but not you think it could have ended better than not for did. the cost of her post I mean it was yeah. with not without the cost of her postpartum so yeah. had I acted a little sooner I do think it would have been less traumatic for gotcha. her but her placenta was retained so I think that's one of those things that you it's worth talking to your provider about to see how they handle placentas and to figure out how you feel about all of that. Um, Because there are some midwives in out-of-hospital practice who do manage third stage with Pitocin and stuff as well. Or opposite side of the spectrum will wait two or three hours. Yeah. Three, listen, who did I text? Which I've totally been at a birth. I've been, I've actually facilitated those births before. I've been at one birth where we waited three hours because mom was completely stable. Baby was completely stable. There was no bleeding. And, um, finally like at the three hour mark i was like all right we got to get this in or we're out or we're going in and finally got the placenta out and everything was completely normal fine but that's happened once in 14 how much blood was behind it It, completely normal completely normal i think we like put on her chart that she had like an ebl of like 250 
God. It was completely, completely That's normal. crazy to me. That makes me so uncomfortable. It was crazy to us at the time, too. Um, but I also did want to mention for people out there listening that when we say as long as you're not bleeding, that doesn't mean that you don't bleed at all. Yeah. I'd like to make a clarification about that. That'll be really Usually, shocking to the partners, too, when they see yes. the blood postpartum. It is like that can be really surprising to people. So there is something called a separation gush that we look for to see that the placenta has separated. That's completely normal where you will see like a gush of blood come out and that's our then it usually stops as the uh, uterus clamps back down around uh, the wound and so that's usually one of our cues like that the signs. placenta has started to come out and it's completely normal and it does not mean that that's abnormal bleeding we're talking about abnormal bleeding postpartum yeah and just like also remember like it's normal to have heavy period like bleeding postpartum as well so um, I think also I want to, I don't know, I feel like at this point we're getting to the point where it's more of like teaching, teaching birth workers as opposed to people. But if your placenta hasn't released yet, if it's fully attached, there yeah. shouldn't be any bleeding. Yes. There's not going to be any bleeding yeah. yes. unless, unless you have a vaginal tear. Yes. Um, so if your placenta is still in and you're and trickling blood, attached. something's happening. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because yeah, a gush is definitely different from a trickle. Yeah, for sure. Remember, slow trickles are just yeah, as dangerous. Slow trickles are the ones you want to look out for. <laughs> just as dangerous as a hemorrhage sometimes. I don't think teaching is inappropriate for our podcast. I mean, technically it was, we started this for birth workers. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. thankful that we have such a broad listening community, but. I just want to play with it. Oh, I thought you were going to get the paint out of it. Um, I miss having a student. <gasps> yeah. So placentas are. Well, like, I'm always learning from you. So. We learn from so each other. Placentas are wondrous and fantastic and I know that us in our practice, we do try to respect the natural way of things are supposed to happen in birth and in third stage um, until something happens that make, tells us, no, we need to intervene for the safety of mm -hmm. the mom. But we usually we've talked about those things prenatally so that when it happens, um, we can say like, oh, remember how we talked about this. So it's not something completely shocking to right. the mom. Um, but I think it's time for us to go to our break. Good, because I can't think of anything else to say about a placenta right now. And there's a kid climbing. Oh, we have another whole out. half of the episode um, left, Kim. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about placenta encapsulation. And also, um, we're going to talk about uh, delayed cord clamping and how that goes along with And placentas. our crazy birth story of the week. Woohoo! Cue the music. Oh, yeah. So today's sponsor for our episode is actually us. We have big goals in mind with our podcast, and we are trying to reach a wider audience. In order to do this, we are launching a Patreon account. If you don't know what a Patreon account is, it is an avenue for people to become patrons of our podcast. There'll be three levels of support that you can give us, and you'll have special offers available only to patrons. One of the goals that we're trying to accomplish with this account is to reach the deaf community. In order to do this, we've been trying to videotape every single one of our episodes and give closed captioning so that our deaf audience can also enjoy the podcast. We found this to be a lot more difficult than we thought it would be, and we need professional help. So if you would like to help us in this endeavor to be able to hire someone to do our closed captioning and reach the deaf community, check out our Patreon account. It will be full of fun offers available just to patrons. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, and we look forward to entertaining you for a long time. Back to the episode. 
Welcome back days. from that delightful break. <laughs> we had so much fun sitting on the roof during yeah. this break. It's really nice. God, it's so nice out today. Yeah, we watched a Laura Clary video. If you don't know who she is, God, she's, she's so funny. She's the best. Her and her man are just, just like yeah and solid she's, solid she's pregnant again she's pregnant again and apparently she okay, did sorry. not circumcise her first son and she's no also she did not super into breastfeeding yeah love that love it so much um so we're supposed to be talking about placenta encapsulation and also uh the physiology of the placenta postpartum when it comes to delayed cord clamping which I think we, we talked talk- about that a lot last episode. Yeah, we really Not did so. last time. I don't think we covered the physiology of it, how it works. We just I talked mean, about how people don't really know about it. So, in short, up to 20% of the baby's blood yeah. is in the placenta and the cord. I think but, I said two tablespoons last time. Is yes. that accurate? But... Mm. What we didn't cover was that it's not just like the blood goes to the baby. So I wanted to talk about how um, placental circulation is different when the baby's inside than it is when the baby's outside. And so when the baby's inside, um, there's always two thirds of the baby's blood in the baby's body and then one third of the baby's blood in the placenta. And it's like a, you know, a cycle that it goes through. And so then when... And, and that blood is not extra blood. It's purposeful blood because the baby isn't oxygenating its lungs when it's in utero because the baby's lungs are... Um, their heart and lungs are... They're getting all their oxygen from the placenta. They're actually, like, completely different than ours once we're earthside or yeah. land or air-breathing creatures. There's, like, different pathways for blood circulation for a fetus than there is for, like, a, a air-breathing. I keep saying water-breathing because I really just want to be a mermaid. <laughs> They definitely don't breathe water. No. no. But they swallow water and... And by water we mean their pee. And they do make breathing motions in utero. Mm-hmm. Yep. And their lungs are a low pressure system because there's no air inside of them. Yes. It's so, like a whole other... It's like a being on another planet in there. So when a baby is born... Um, that placental circulation gets disrupted a little bit more. Because as the baby is coming down through the birth canal they're being put under a lot of pressure. And so some of that blood, more than the two-thirds, is actually squeezed back into the placenta as they're being born out of the birth canal. And then as soon as they come out of the birth canal, there's a huge pressure difference, and that umbilical cord that acts as both a vein and an artery starts pumping that blood to the baby, which is why the umbilical cord is pulsating. Mm -hmm. And so while that's happening, there's a huge change going on in the baby. Their circulation is completely rerouting. They like come within out. the first moments of yes. birth. It's they amazing. Come out and they take their first breath and then all of the all of the amniotic fluid that was in their lungs actually gets pulled into their bloodstream mm-hmm. and becomes part of their blood supply, which is yep. so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then the placenta will pump what the baby needs down through the cord Mm -hmm. and they'll take in all of that blood as well. So if you leave the cord intact between the fluid in their lungs and the blood that's in the placenta and the cord, it increases their blood volume. It it increases, yeah, that it increases their blood volume to where it needs to be. So, but they're also, while that's happening, even if the baby's already breathing, while the placenta is still pumping that blood, they're actually getting a source of oxygenated blood at the same time as switching over their fetal circulation. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a lifeline so that 
if baby doesn't start breathing right away, you know they're they know, still getting yeah. oxygen as long as that cord and, is pulsating. And which, more than anything, if they aren't breathing, they need that even more. Exactly, which is why we're such big fans of resuscitating with the cord intact. Because mm-hmm. if you resuscitate without the cord intact, then you have a baby who's not breathing, not getting oxygen through their lungs, and you're also cutting off the oxygen they're getting through their cord blood. Um, you did such a good job explaining that. Yes, you Thanks. did. It's because my mom's a childbirth good educator. <laughs> I don't think that's what it is, Jess. You're like, you <laughs> love information and research. And so, so we are not. So when we say leave the cord intact, people think we're dirty hippies. Like that we what? like burn the cord, that's which I mean, it's great. A lot of people do do that or some people do that. And it's great. Well, this isn't the same that's thing not as what like we a mean. lotus burn. Yeah, that's we not mean. what we're talking about. Leave it intact until it's done doing its job. Well, when it stops pulsing, then yes. your baby is no longer receiving blood and from not, it. Not just pulsing, but when the when the baby first comes out, typically the cord is thick and filled with blood yes. and Wharton's jelly. And then as the minutes go by, mm-hmm. in the middle of the cord between the baby and the mom, you'll start to see it become white. and the Become blood, a limp needle. And it's so cool because the blood yeah. will go towards the mom, towards the baby, and then you know, like, that is so awesome mm-hmm. how the baby will say, no, I'm done. And it's then like, at it's that like point, Thanksgiving dinner. I can't could, take any more. <laughs> at that point, you could actually cut the cord without even clamping it because there's no blood for flow back and forth whereas if you were to do that while the cord is still like fat and blue and curly yeah. blood would come spurting out it's an active oh, artery cut. my friend Lindsay was one of the first births I ever attended um, and she was in the hospital and they let me cut the cord which yeah. was like so either I cut the cord or I was standing with her when Mike cut the I don't remember but they cut the cord and the blood shot like across the bed across the room across my uh. feet and I was like ah and then I kept those shoes forever I was like uh. look it's like look. when water breaks yeah. all over you're like my lucky shoes i have to say though even like it still can be pretty gnarly even when that's not still pulsing so i always like have my gauze ready i'm like i'm gonna catch it it's always good to to clamp we always still clamp it anyway but it actually clamps itself down as that wharton's jelly like shuts down and compresses the cord um because in nature you're not born with scissors or whatever so the the cord would do it on its own and then technically you're just like you're just not yeah, I don't know, but I don't think that like monk do monkeys bite their do they chew the cord off? I mean, they eat the placenta. I don't. So. I don't know, Jess. I've I imagine they must never because been to then a monkey birth before. <laughs> so. I wish I had been to I a don't. monkey birth. Yes, they cats do eat the cord and the placenta, as Evie's pointing out because she's sitting on the roof. She's even like, cre- she promised us she'd be quiet, but we here told we her go. Go back so now you have to go back You're inside. You're distracting us. Another thing that the placenta does is that it's not just blood; it also is rich with stem cells, which is why um, so many people talk Same about banking blood. your cord blood. It's not because of the actual blood; it's because of the stem cells in the blood that they're doing so much research that stem cells can become any kind of cell in the body. Listen, this is this I I know this is going to sound so stupid when I say it. Yeah. But we've said a lot of stupid things on this episode. But it's so. just like just any any sort of physiology, any sort of anatomy, any it all fascinates the shit out of me because oh, it's, me too. it's it's just so amazing, but how do the cells know what to become? I don't know. Right? They're all exactly the same. How does that little stem cell know I'm an arm now? Like, I'm part of an arm. How does that <laughs> I'm one a brain know? Cell. Like, I'm going to be I a mean, brain cell. It has, that's got to be something with the way it interacts with the cells I'm around be, it. Th- yeah. I mean, what if you accidentally grew a testicle somewhere that you <laughs> <Which is why laughs> I they, don't need it? And there is, goes our next Broadway film <laughs> <laughs> Testicle I, Leg. <laughs> I grew a testicle out of a stem cell. 
No, but that's why it is because that's why when they're doing uh, stem cell research, they take stem cells and they add them to like a culture of other cells and they become the cells right. that they are around. Okay, that's why we haven't gone to school for like 30 but years to learn how this works so that's because another, we don't want to do that's that. That's another function. So you are a product of your environment then. Yes. So if you hang out with people like Meredith and I and we're horrible influences, you're going to be- really good influences. You're going to become a testicle. Yes. I pref- I would like to- I prefer breasticle. Thank you, guys- you very much. If she has become something, I'd rather her be a breasticle. You guys, you guys put the badass in bad association, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You've been holding on to that one for That's a long a great time. T-shirt. I say it all the time. That's our new you t-shirt. Say it all the time. I've no, never heard I've you, never heard you, you say I that. Say she says it to people. all of her friends when she's talking about us behind no. our backs. No. I usually also, say it if you want that on a t-shirt, we'll be providing that on our Teespring That's account. My goal on is for Teespring before Christmas time, so you can order yes. shirts. I okay. just keep forgetting. So anyway, now I'm going to be the stem cell that brings us back around. That's um, what you are. So, I have to say, though, we're never mind. We're so that's another function. It's not just the blood. It's not just the blood volume, which all those things are important. And a baby that's healthy and vigorous, if they have a lower um, blood supply than if they had their cord, they're they're usually going to be fine. But then you take a baby who's compromised and give them a lower um, level of red blood cells, it's going to be harder to you know, uh, get that baby breathing or get that baby to have enough oxygen in their body. And then there's the stem cells. So that's also a physiological reason why all that blood is pumped into the baby because there's some research going on that your body can actually store those stem cells for years to come or they can go throughout the baby's body and fix any damage that may have happened through the birth. So it's all like super awesome how the placenta and the cord, how it all works. And then it's just done and it comes out and... This is why Sharon, Sharon Cardenas, a midwife in the Chantilly location, we all love. Um, Chantilly location of Premier. Of Premier Birth Center. Center. Used to work with 10 Moons. Um, she likes, I joke that she'll put a hat on it and yeah. name it. She loves I'm like, they don't placentas. want it. They don't want it. Throw it out. She, she used to not let us. No. She wouldn't do it. She made us well, do that's it. Because we would she have was to trained do it. for so long with my midwives who like gave the placenta so much respect. They like decorated my placenta with rose petals and flowers. We did a cord burning ceremony, which I, I love Kim placentas. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm um, one of my favorite parts of I, postpartum is like showing moms how it yeah. works and like doing all of that. But um, I loved, I've never had anybody want to do a cord burning. I loved my cord burning ceremony, and I've loved every single one I've ever Did been it to. It smells I, so bad. No, That's like the number one question that I've it been asked. Smell at all. It smells like burning. Then stem why does cells? like placenta encapsulation smell so bad? <laughs> I think it's because that's on a larger level. You're dehydrating an entire placenta, not just like it, you're picking little one little bit. portion of the cord yeah. to burn. It was like so magical, my cord burning ceremony. And those pictures are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm. I am not against it. It's just not. You're for against it. I'm for against it. I she just, has no patience, and they don't allow I open no flame patience. at the birth center. I'm <laughs> like, um, just cut it, toss it. We're done. Thank you, placenta. The end. So I we so we had a client. We did it. I did a two week postpartum with one of our clients the other day, and she unfortunately her baby was for her baby was massive, and his cord was so thick. Do you remember that? When I cut the cord on our, I our honestly was big baby looking at my cup and didn't hear the first thing oh. you said. So I, I did our two week postpartum for our client that had her baby. Oh, oh, I remember yes. how big and like thick and juicy yeah. that cord was. So it was really long because like it was just like so big. I had really really hard time getting the like even the so like four so step big on it. And so long. Yeah. It was Ew, was it ba- was like it? it. We're talking about a baby. That's <laughs> freaking it, me I'm out. Sorry, I'm not was really it, paying attention either. Was it? See, that's just, they talk. They're like Meredith, you need to talk more. It's like what's the point? I you don't listen anyways. A lot of your voice is so calming. I 
just fall asleep when I, you I was, start talking. I'm like a valley girl. Are you shitting me right now? <laughs> she is so like annoying. so calming. <laughs> so relaxing. Like gag me with a spoon. Especially since I started watching Shits Creek, I sound more and more like, um, David! What's her bucket? I can't even help myself. Ew. Ew, David. Alexis. The grossest. Anyways. Moira? She, no, no, Alexis. Alexis. Oh, Alexis. Yeah. So she, anyways, so we did her visit and she was like, girl, that smelled so bad. The, the, her, the dad got a little frustrated with me because he didn't understand why I left it so long because it smelled so bad. And what? I think about that all the time. I, I think did about, comment on how long it was. I know. I really felt like I was, it was, just, I was like wrestling an alligator is what it felt like. Honestly. The cords do smell bad as they're like. So then I think of lotus birth. Like out. I know yeah. you put lots of herbs and you like really like prepare for that. But like, do they also prepare the cord itself? Because that smells yes, so bad. Mm-hmm. But that's another thing. And I know that you did delayed cord clamping for this, but I found that when you do like real delayed cord clamping and I found when I did my cord burning, the baby's umbilical cord dries up and falls off so much faster because yeah. there's so much less fluid inside of the umbilical cord left to dry up. It still fell off like within the first week. It just was so thick. Yeah. Even without all the worms jelly in it. Yes. The placenta, <laughs> when it comes to like, it, the placenta keeps working even after birth and it has all of these things that it continues doing. Um, and that leads us into like what Evie was saying that a lot of mammals, uh, part of the postpartum process is that we're the only ones that don't eat our placenta, consume their placentas yeah. after birth. I think we're the only animals that don't because we have such a crazy Listen, food supply. You know how the Bible is just filled with amazing. Oh, look what you started, Jess. No, I just think like I, th- there's brimming. a lot of stuff. It's brimming. It's brimming. It's brimming with information. <laughs> but I think that um, everyone will say, and I've said it before, like it doesn't mention eating the placenta in the Bible, but there's a couple things that, that the Bible also doesn't mention. So I wonder if it was just something that was considered so disgusting they left it out. Or so normal they didn't think it was worth mentioning. <laughs> I, I don't know, because it does stop postpartum hemorrhages. I've used chunks mm-hmm. of placenta. And More it, than any other thing sometimes. Yeah, it works so well. So then I wonder, like, oh, did they we, just... Can we, like... Sorry, you finish that thought and then I'll go back to that because that's yeah, another. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought like it's it, every other mammal eats their placenta. I but think us. that has nothing to do with the Bible. I think that humans throughout history probably like haven't in like any recent history that is in writing because it's just not something we've done. Um, well, also like a lot of the reasons other mammals eat it is as the source of protection because it smells, so other animals will yes. know that there's like a vulnerable newborn so in our pot so i wanted to say going back to what you were saying that that is actually a very helpful tool for postpartum hemorrhage um that what sorry i just always think of Kim. if the <laughs> story if, that we'll probably share if the placenta is already out you can actually cut off if a, and a mom is hemorrhaging you can actually cut off a little piece of placenta and I remember what you're going to say now. And you can put it in their cheek. And the hormones <laughs> absorb through your mucous membranes in your cheek. And now the umbilical cord as well is and proven so to be helpful. Even if, if the placenta is not out, you can put a piece of the cord. Cut a piece of the cheek. cord and put it in mom's cheek. And listen, that sounds, I know that sounds so disgusting. But if you, we've had moms where the, where Pitocin just doesn't work. Yeah. You know, and so we have other drugs to use. But if you can do. And it's a mom who doesn't mind. Or right. the mom who would rather do that than transfer. Mm-hmm. Yes. And 
it can work like you said like magically but yeah tell that story about so it the was, time you used that it was a mom and she decided to chew on it <laughs> That wasn't me. I don't remember. Oh, who was that? That I think that was when I worked at another birth center. You told that story. Okay. So there was a mom who we decided to try this with. I it's so funny. I can't remember who's first. We'll say it again because we're talking about this. Um, so you put the, you put it in her cheek. Yeah. And it's so, just like through the mucous membranes. You don't so have to they, eat it. They like, cut off a chunk and yeah. they gave it to her to put in her mouth. Yeah. And she didn't realize we they hadn't given her the directions that you just let it sit in your cheek. <laughs> So she started chewing on it. And I mean, like, it was just like the zombie apocalypse. It was like blood just like coming out of her mouth. And it was just like, so intense. And she was also, so that happened. It worked. Don't get me wrong. Like nothing else was working and that worked, which I was so thankful for. But then she's also a mom who does chlorophyll because it was like baby number five or six. She was lit up like a Christmas so tree. So she does chlorophyll after the birth to like help with recovery and afterbirth pains. And so she already had been like gushing like blood and then you look and she just got like green teeth so it was just like a really cute look that's no crazy. by cute you mean uh, not cute. Um, not cute and it's just like an image i'm never gonna get out of my head but i'm telling uh, you so yes she stopped bleeding and she did not have afterbirth pains the that's way she awesome. had with previous birth so it all worked so like if so that's another thing that you that you can use the placenta for. And so now that brings us to, like, the subject of placenta encapsulation, which we probably could have a whole episode about. Um, but it's that's, like, kind of a touchy subject. Like, in modern medicine, it's considered weird and not recommended. Um, in some of and our the research on it isn't, like, super... There's not a whole lot of research yeah, on it. Yeah, it's not, like, super vast. Most of it is um, just through, like, people's stories. Um, but then there's also, but like, also like when you think about it rationally, like w- even though you're eating dehydrated foods, you're still getting nutrients from them. So yes. I just don't see why that would be a completely different conversation than any other time you're eating dehydrated foods for yeah. nutrients. But I see, I see in our circles, like in the, in the natural birth communities, um, that it's considered much more normal. And I even have clients who will like cut off a chunk of the placenta and make smoothies with it. I had a client who made sushi with it to (laughs) hold them over in the, in like the day or two before their, their placenta gets encapsulated. The majority of people will encapsulate. Um, the first birth I ever did as a new student midwife, um, was they made, um, spaghetti. Oh, like meat sauce? What? No. What? It was my very first birth as a student. (laughs) And this was, what, like over 10 years ago? So it wasn't even like a thing at that time? One of the chicks I went to school with made sushi out of it. Yeah. Is that who you're talking about? No, No. I was talking about somebody else, but... Mm. Um, so I was I was just sitting here my my arm was resting and then I realized it was on your leg and oh, I was like Ugh. hello I don't know why it, contact. why is it that I could be like nose to asshole with a woman you know what I'm saying because that's like, like in a professional capacity like I'm in it or like in the vagina or like she's moaning and I we're nipple twiddling and I'm like all in it but then if I accidentally touch your leg I'm like oh or it's you on like me. it's because you try to stuff it's down on me. feelings and yeah. this makes you feel feelings yeah it like, makes you realize that you're connected to other shove humans shove them back down into I'm the I'm trying to sit between the two of you but then I realize I'm the two you are literally way. like this is the closest <laughs> to you I've ever been in my life and I know it's only because there's shards of metal in between our ass cheeks so right I just now keep like 
dumb and dumb. What is it? Tweedledee, like, uh-huh. bobbling back Sho- and shove forth. Shove those feelings back into the pit of despair, Kim. Yeah, put them down, Kim. Whereas the, the other hole. night, Justin and I decided to watch a movie, and we're literally laying on top of each other. Holding hands. And we, like, had to, like, we at one point in the movie, we, like, both realized how hard we were holding each other's hands. So we were just, like, <laughs> like... <laughs> That's a hard no. Hard pass. Okay. That's a Texas-sized so, 10-4. So let's talk a little bit more about placenta encapsulation. Um, so the people that are proponents of placenta encapsulation say that um, it helps replace iron. It helps and hormones. Replace, I can buy that. It helps have your hormones because when you give birth, your hormones go from like pregnant level to like really quickly. Um, and it helps make that Which is less important. helps we, make that, that less needs, drastic. That needs to happen for your milk to come in. And it it's really good for postpartum depression because it helps replace those hormones. Yes. So and you're not like mood swinging and as And the interesting intensely. thing is, is that even though it's keeping some of those pregnancy hormones in your body, people say that it helps milk production as well for you to have more milk production. And so I've seen... Do you have another benefit? Well, I was going to say, if you believe in traditional Chinese medicine, then if you do that method as well, it's like you use all these warming herbs. So it's also yeah. believed that it like helps warm your body postpartum, which is really good for like milk production and like emotional health. So I've had three different experiences. Not not three, but I've had more people pl- encapsulate their placentas than that. But my experiences with it have gone these three ways. One, there's like the crowd of people that are like, I will encapsulate my sense every time. Like it helps ride or my, die. It helps my postpartum depression so much. It gives me energy. It gives me It's milk. like the thing that they look forward like, to the most yeah, <laughs> postpartum. Like, like yeah, they're excited about a baby, but they're mostly their, excited about their placenta. It is like their jam and they are all about yeah, it. Yeah, they'll be like, my husband was like, did you not take your placenta today? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I can tell. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who are like, I don't know if it's making a difference or not. Yeah. And then the other group of people, which I've seen like Kim Haynes. several <laughs> times. Yeah. Kim's I've been seeing it them. a lot more recently. So, and it's not, it's not like a, it's, I'm not bragging. It's just, <laughs> I'm not, bra- it's not a brag. Are you about to say and tell us that you're emotionally well balanced? Because I'm going to question that yeah. real hard. Yeah. I fucking am. Okay. It has nothing Listen. to do with her emotions. It had to do with her no. blood pressure. And, and so I think that some postpartum, some women, their hormones just do, st- do recover well. They do recover well, mm-hmm. or they, it, it all just works somehow. So I think those are the moms that don't notice a difference at all. Right. They either, well, not necessarily. I think that if For people you like him who are already manic. <laughs> For people like myself, no, I think that people who say, I don't know if I, I don't think I noticed a difference. I think that actually had a positive effect for gotcha. them. I think that they just maybe, don't know what worse could have been. Maybe right. I just think that if they're like, oh, I feel fine. I didn't really notice a difference. Yes. I think maybe it did contribute at some somehow, whether it was for like their, their hormones or like their iron level or whatever. Gotcha. But for me, I've never had anemia postpartum. I've never had postpartum depression and I've never had issues with breast milk. So it's not a brag. It's just that my postpartums have never been an issue. Mm-hmm. So when I took my placenta, it's like if you are, if all of your hormones are normal and you take, or their level and you take an antidepressant, it's going to mess with you. So if you yeah. don't need it, don't take it. So when I took my placenta, my blood pressure shot through the roof. It gave you like... Uh, got really jittery. It gave you symptoms of preeclampsia. Yes. I had horrible, horrible headaches. I swelled. My It was awful. My blood pressure was so high, and that's never happened. I thought, because when I had Evie, that was when we were going through that stressful time, 
So maybe it was just to set yourself up for success. Right. So and then I thought maybe it was just the stress that was causing all these things. But then within 24 hours of me not take not even it was like it was like within six hours. Yeah. I stopped taking it and everything went away and I felt fine again. So I do think some women just have zero issue with hormone imbalance. And And I think we've seen that several more times since then. Yeah. And I think it's really important to talk about that with clients who've never taken their placenta before because yeah, I feel like I have been seeing that more, which is like, cool. Maybe like we are more hormonally balanced than yeah. we have been in the past. But um, and who knows if that's really what it is, because some, some of the people, if they right, were like within six hours so, of stopping, though, but, you it, but a some of the people, difference. if they were like having a little bit of preeclamptic symptoms before birth or they like it's almost like preeclampsia is supposed to go away when you stop being pregnant and if you keep those pregnant hormones going like it can keep those preeclamptic right. symptoms going um or there's and, also eclampsia which is yeah postpartum. so it's like yeah and so and then there's like some people like you who had no symptoms of that while you're pregnant and then you had symptoms of it after from the pl- placenta but then there's been other people we've seen who had a higher risk of preeclampsia or whatever and so they in got short, postpartum. This is why I'm for against it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try it feel... if you're willing to try it and then if it doesn't work out, then at least you know that you tried and that means you're probably pretty well pretty good and to start with. It's one of those things that I feel like um I don't feel super strongly about it either way. I offer it to my clients, but um it's almost like sometimes I'll say if you feel like you have a high risk of like postpartum depression, like sometimes it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it because you can always stop taking it so jen started and i like this idea for women who are like well i don't really have a lot of extra money i don't know if i need it i don't want to pay for it so jen started asking them to take it home gotcha put it in their freezer and then you can always do it later yeah and you can always do it later just don't eat it by accident And or then, if you and do then eat, it, eat it intentionally. The <laughs> joys of the placenta, and I'll mention this right before we go to um, our birth story of the week, is that it actually can be used as natural hormone replacement for menopause. So if you get your placenta encapsulated or tinctured, um, you can actually save it. They can be saved in the freezer if it's if it's capsules or tincture just lasts, yeah, lasts forever. forever. And you can actually use it in menopause to help with natural hormone replacement for menopause symptoms. So placentas are just a gift just that don't. keeps that's on giving. That's even a grayer area on. in terms of research, yeah. but that's fine. At least you got it if you want to try it. Wow, Clark. That's the gift that just keeps on yes. giving. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's the only thing I love about the Christmas season <laughs> is that movie. Gives, just gives until it hurts. Listen, so <laughs> Chuck- Stacey Jacks. <laughs> Chuck and I have watched that movie. It's in your fucking bathroom. Every year for 22 years. I know. You no, would, it's not in our bathroom. You have, it's in the, our, you have the shitter oh, thing we have that. in that's your from, bathroom. That's from Hallie and Forty's wedding. We actually, with permission, stole that. Ooh, there was, was a that guy. A table there set? was a guy dressed oh, that's up. Brilliant. There was a guy dressed up at Bluegrass in the Barn as I. Yes. And I was like, oh my god, Chuck would be so happy if he was here right now. He, he looks even so good. The tube he had around. a tube. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Damn it. Did you get a picture? No. 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 We should have taken a picture with them. Um, okay. So we really have to go on to our birth story of the week. So, Kim, you've done three births this week. I I have. Yeah, you yeah. have. I did that. This is one of those births. 
one of Ooh, those births and we did it together me and kim did it together we that's all we do together i got <laughs> lots of pictures that's of them doing together it was like little tmi <laughs> birthing is as close as we will ever get to doing it together. when you touch your knee when you're not paying attention that was uncomfortable oh. for me <laughs> um, i'm gonna let you tell the story okay so this was a mutual, eyewitness account this was a mutual client and this was her second baby um her she had had a hospital birth for her first baby and she didn't like um some of the way she was treated or pressured into certain interventions at the hospital which is why she chose a out of hospital birth and so um we had warned her that second births go faster than first births which i i know it's so hard for people to wrap their minds around that like when we like say it over and over and over again and so Better she safe than sorry <laughs> she went to almost she was like her 40 she was in her 42nd week she wasn't quite 42 weeks which i feel like it's more common for it to go more quickly rather than going sooner because yes. well, some women just carry longer and that's like their normal no matter what and so that was another thing is that she came in to like get checked and she wanted to have her membranes swept and a stretch and sweep and so she got a stretch and a sweep and she was like four centimeters and 80 percent of face no four stretched to six. Yep. Yeah, for the first time, you said she was four centimeters. And she then the second time, under. you told me she was four stretched to eight. What? Oh, yeah. 80% of face, zero station. I so love that like, for her. Oh, my God. Once this starts, like, this baby's literally going to fall out. And so, and that can be really hard for women to wrap their minds around. And I was talking to her before this when I asked her about doing the birth story of the week. And she was like, it was really like I had envisioned like you coming to my house and we labor here. Then we labor at the center and then we have a water birth and like all these things. And so she her said, birth plan did not go no. as She planned. said it was exactly opposite. But she's you can't still, really mentally prepare women for that. She's still so ha- she's so happy that it, it went the way it did is what she said. And so, like, she had come into the center to stem and, like, get another stretch and sweep and then, like, was hoping to go into labor there. And it just wasn't happening. Like, nothing's happening in the center. I was not, like, in... And what did I text you? I said, it will start when she shuts her brain off. Yes. Yeah. And we had been telling her that all week. Like, the more you worry about going to labor, the harder it's going to be for you to go to labor. And so they left the center, like, you know, okay, nothing's happening. We're going to go home. Oh, I love this part. Because her husband is apparently a huge bass fisherman, oh, as gosh. is my all husband. All about that bass. Yeah, the all about that bass. <laughs> Those wide-mouth basses. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when they went home, he was like, well, I already took off work, so I'm going I'm going to go out. He doesn't sound like Chuck I when he talks, though. I love keep going into this accent. I know. He Well, he took their daughter, who was four. To go fishing. So they went together to go fishing, and she was just going to hang out and relax at home. Yep. And guess what? What happened was... She started contracting. Um, And so... I got a text message that I didn't see for 10 minutes that was like, well, I'm having these contractions that are like five minutes apart. Should I head in? And I didn't see it for 10 minutes because my kids had my phone. So then she had the baby in between no, the time you didn't. texted her back. And then I get it and I'm like, oh my gosh. And she had texted <laughs> yeah, me story, again and she was like, ah, they're getting harder. I just, I'm going to just head in because I'm afraid that we're going to, the Kim said it might go fast. And I'm going to make like a baby and head out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which we're glad it did head out, not feed oh, out. Was <laughs> oh, was there a question of that? No. Oh, okay. And it's make like a fetus and head out. Did you say make like a baby? It's not a yes. baby until it's birth. Yeah. 
Okay. I was joking. I don't believe that. It is like it is technically make like a fetus and head out because this guy in college used to say it. That's like a nicer (laughs) way of saying it. Okay. Well, why don't you make like a tree and leaf? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This conversation. Why don't you just fuck off? How about that? (laughs) Can you just let her tell you the story? There's no word for that. Just so do that. I was already in Winchester, and so I was like, oh, my gosh, yes, if you're having contractions lit and they're getting closer, like, you should definitely head in. And so I was like, she's like, okay, I'm going to be there in 30 minutes. And so I dropped off my kids, and I headed in. I got there, like, right after her, and she was already in the tub, and I got there, and I was like, oh, yeah, we're cooking. It's happening. And so she had her – so she ends up getting out of the tub because she – Yeah, I left the room. She was having trouble getting comfortable in the tub. And when I came back in, she was out of the tub, yeah. and I was like, oh, yep. that never happens. Like, no. okay. She was having trouble. Like a like, dangerous combo. <laughs> she was having trouble getting comfortable in the tub, so she decided to get out on the tub. And then she did. She was like, well, can I just lay down? Which is what we always do. We're like, yes, let's lay you down on your side. Please do. So we lay her down on her side, and I think she had been there like an hour, like less than an hour. And within less than an hour, she starts like feeling pushy, like... Uh, on the bed laying on her side and so we're watching her like push on her own for a little bit and we're like "Mm, you know we feel like this could be progressing differently what's taking so long and so we're not seeing anything like we're not seeing anything when we look which for a first time mom would be totally totally expected but in my mind there's a certain amount of time between i'm pushing and obvious perineal bulging. Yes. And it just, it went past that time. Yes. So something wasn't, just wasn't clicking in, I guess. And so Kim says, well, let's get you upright. And so we go to get her upright on the side of the bed. And as soon as she's upright, it's like one or two contractions. And she was thinking, like, she told me later in her head that the, the what she was feeling was not the baby coming. Because, you know, people's minds aren't working the same. So Especially when it's that fast. When we're saying, oh, your baby's head is right there behind your bag. She kept just thinking that the pressure she was feeling was just from the water bag. And she wow. still had to birth the whole baby. Yeah. And so she's like, within one or two contractions, the baby completely comes out on the side of the bed. It was so beautiful. It Dad, was so. Oh, he caught did, it, right? He Dad, did so good. Catch, no. Yeah, Dad. Dad, Dad <laughs> caught the baby with Kim. Like. He did such a good, I mean, he was in there. Because sometimes yeah. I'll say, listen, if you really want, like, if you want to help receive, stay up there. Yes. But if you want to be in it, you need to come down here. Down, yeah. And he was like, oh, in it. And he, like, came down. We're like, it. He's a hardcore southerner. Yeah, he's a hardcore southerner. He's down in Florida. <laughs> and he was like, I got this. Like, And he, he held her bottom. It was yes. so amazing. Yeah. I got, oh, I got really great it. pictures and videos of it. And so then, um, so she has the baby, we get her back up in bed, she's having her whole golden hour, like, just cuddling baby, and like, oh my god, I can't believe the baby's I can't believe that already. just happened. Yeah. It feels like a dream, this doesn't feel real. And so I think it was, what, about 30 minutes after the birth that... Not even. Not even, maybe not, 20, 20... I could look it up, but I'm not going to. And so, Kim, like... You, like well we could see everything that was happening and up until their point there hadn't been any bleeding and so then um kim goes over to like look and see what's happening and all of a sudden there's like a trickle a trickle happening which as we that said earlier those are the trickle. ones you gotta look out for and so why don't oh, you start so to I, tell it from well, your point I just of view wanna, now? i don't remember all the de- which is so funny because <laughs> it just happened but <laughs> she just yeah. wanted to get shit done mode and blinked it all so out so remember the two <gasps> Oh, my. <laughs> boys can't do that the same way as girls. There's more things involved. Uh, Did you see the thing? Yes, uh, I saw it. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, 
We just got mooned. We just also got just moon. caught that on. We didn't catch him, no, thank God, but our reaction. Oh, my God. I'm so proud right now. That, that's my boy. <laughs> Okay, well, he's so creepy. Saw, I definitely saw Nutsack. Yeah, I saw so much Nutsack. <laughs> so gross. Okay, sidetrack. And I love, I, I don't know. I think mooning is hilarious. I know, it's not okay. Your kids shouldn't do it. We shouldn't Hell, do I it. I love mooning. Oh, I Whatever. think it's hilarious. My dad has literally mooned every human being I yeah. know. Your family literally takes pictures over the world I with love, their ass out. I love it. I love all of it. So anyway, Max just walked down on our roof and we looked over and, and he, he dropped it. Us. He got us a full out moon. I'm yeah, impressed. Right. Anyway, so, so so I wanted to say so at this sh- point. Back to that funny. She's trickling. She wasn't contracting. Yes. At all. No contractions no. at all. So we know that one of the main reasons for hemorrhage is uterine atony. Yes. And also mismanaged third stage. So yes. we weren't mismanaging. We were no. allowing it to do its thing. But she was not contracting. So without contractions, the placenta cannot release. Placenta was obviously done. Yes. Like the cord had gone completely white, but she was starting to trickle, not having contractions. And at that point, it was just kind of like, and okay. And so she was just having a trickle and you were like, I think we're going to need to do a shot of Pitocin. And then as we're doing we that. We did give her some herbs first. Yes, we gave her herbs first. Then we gave her a shot of Pitocin. And nothing and happened. Then but then she started bleeding more. So right. I remember I remember looking and the blood was like pooling around her back. So my and so I started putting more chucks like around it to keep it from like So what was water falling? falling. <laughs> what was funny to me, not funny, but we're used to birth going a certain way. Yes. And even if there and I've been with you for for several dystocias. Yep. Um or just whatever, prolong this or that. But this this birth was new to both of us. Yes. I've had hemorrhages. I've had retained placentas, but some things were new to both of us. And this is the first time I saw your face lose a little bit of blood <laughs> and a little bit of happy. Like, <laughs> I just remember looking He's up like, and you like, were like, your eyes were Is that were when big? I started putting the like chucks around Well, you, you started putting the chucks and you were like, um, I think we need, we need a little more chucks in here. And I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. like your silent cue to Kim, like, Cam, Cam, well, I've seen so it. much blood. But yeah. to me, like that part wasn't a big deal, but I knew that something wasn't right. Like her placenta was doing something that wasn't right. So that's when we did a shot of Pitocin just to be conservative. That's yeah. my style. And it did nothing. Nothing. At all. So we did another shot of mm-hmm. Pitocin and we started. Oh, no. Hold on. Pause. I, p- I, I pulled up her chart. You're supposed to look up the timing. We gave her more Pitocin. So what we did was, um, so her sweet little nugget was born. Let's just start So there. quickly and easily. So beautifully. Um, and that was at um, four tw- uh, 4.40. 4.40. Almost okay. at 4.20. <laughs> Holla. Break <laughs> and bake. So then, yes. So she had a separation gush at um, at 5.08. So 28 minutes later. Okay. Super she had normal. That. So super normal. And I'm like, okay, cool. But then when I went to do that little gentle traction, nothing happened. Nothing was, ha- nothing was coming. Right. So... We gave Angelica just to help facilitate, you know, a little faster birth. Because angels help the placenta placenta come. Yes. No, we gave Angelica. Give Angelica. We want to get the placenta out. Gotcha. And then that didn't work, so we gave we gave Pitocin. Yes. Um. Sorry. 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm going from we gave Pitocin at 1702. Ah, <laughs> for those of you who don't know military 502, time, 502. Yeah. We gave PM. so we gave Pitocin at 502. Um, I'm sorry, 504, and that didn't work. It didn't work at all. So I did that thing where I felt I was like, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna feel and see. So I used my finger to go. I followed the cord up. And I could feel the placenta. Because you're assessing how close to the, the right. opening the placenta is so to see if it's just hanging on the vagina. Right. Introitus. It, to the introitus. So, you know, it's uncomfortable. But by doing that, I can see, is the placenta just hanging out right at the entrance of the cervix? Yes. And if it is, I can just kind of pull it out. Yeah. We don't like to do pulling, but I will pull Especially it from the Especially if vagina. someone's bleeding, though. Mm-hmm. Right. So Which we, she was. So we just did one shot of pit, and then I ran my finger up, and I was like, okay. I can feel it. No problem. So I did some normal tension. And, and I trust that Kim did not do drastic <laughs> tension not. because she doesn't do that. Like, that's no, not how you. It was even that. like less than usual. Yeah. And it was almost as like you had done the tension and you were like getting rid of the tension. And so, the cord was just like, man. And then and the cord snapped. <laughs> yeah. Also known as avulsion. And we were fir- super, super comfortable with this client and she so, watches our podcast and yes. Kim says, so I said, so, so just, you just have to picture it. Like, I'm like, okay, it's right here. There it is. All I have to do is some pulling. So it's more shock than anything. And the placenta will come out. So I pulled and I was like, it's not working. And I let go. And as I let go, it snapped. Yeah. And I said, fuck. <laughs> Like, just <laughs> right there. That's it. It happened. And then she goes, oh, my God. I'm oh, so I said, sorry. Fuck. Oh, I my God. I'm so sorry. That. I'm so oh sorry. Oh, my God. I can't believe I just said that out loud. I'm so sorry I said that out loud. And she was like, no, no, no. It's totally fine. I'm like, no. That was so unprofessional. <laughs> Meanwhile, her cord had already snapped. I'm also holding it. Was Oh, so it didn't go back up at least. You no. Yes, it was gone. Oh, it was no, gone. no, no, no. It was no. gone. It actually, when we got the placenta out, like, there was no cord left on the no placenta. Cord. It just completely, like, yeah. the oh. entire. Oh, I didn't realize that. Nothing. So it wasn't even a snap from the cord. The entire thing snapped from the. Yeah, but we didn't. Yes. We didn't know that at the time. No. So I said fuck, then apologized profusely over and over again. <laughs> and she's still bleeding. She's still having a tr- just a trickle. It was just yeah, a trickle. Ish. So I thought, okay, so let's have her maybe um, sit on the birth stool. Yes. Because I didn't. When want- Jess told me this part of the story, I was like, oh no. I know. I know. <laughs> it so, was, I mean, it makes but, sense. But, but, but we're still thinking that the placenta is still hanging out right there. Right. right. And if we can get some gravity, maybe it'll mm-hmm. just fall so, out. Spoiler alert. Spoiler Didn't alert. Work. No. Spoiler alert. The placenta was still attached. Yes. Part of it was still attached. The other part was not. So the part that was detached was hanging yes, from the all cervix. the way down. And the part that wasn't was still obviously in the uterus. I didn't know that. So I thought if I just have her sit up and push a little bit, I won't have to go in and get it and manually remove, which who wants a hand yeah, in their no vagina wants to do that. So we tried that. And that's when it got a little, she heard the, all the color drained from her face she felt dizzy, and we were like, nope, abort mission, and we laid her back down. I have to say, I felt like such a badass, because when you were like... You guys just, like, picked her up, She's right? getting dizzy. Put her back on the bed. Both of us, because I was on one leg and you were on the other leg, we literally just, like, picked her up, and we yes. were just like... And yep. I was like... Wow. <laughs> Transformer. <laughs> do, 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 do. I feel so strong right now. <laughs> we are very, we're stronger than we look. You know what I'm saying? We Kim are. Kim is freakishly strong. I am freakishly I am. I am that. That's what I am. So, so we laid her down. And yep. at that point. Um, she was still bleeding. She was still bleeding. So in my mind, I thought, well, fuck, which is why I said fuck. She had a beautiful 
birth. Easy birth. And her placenta is going to ruin everything. It was everything. so amazing. And I knew what I had to do when the cord snapped, yeah. which is why I was upset. Not because I wasn't, I was afraid that I would have to do that. That's no. fine. But she was just, she's so lovely. And yes. And you wanted her birth to be perfect. I just wanted it to be perfect. So I knew what I would have to do. And that's why I was upset. So we laid her back down. And I asked the nurse to go ahead, Whitney, who was awesome. I said, start go ahead, IV. start an IV, give her some more Pitocin, put the Pitocin in the IV. And at that point, um, I was able to kind of hold. Yes. Actually, I, I you think had gotten I, part of the placenta down. So no, it was like outside she, of. She lay down and I, I decided to quickly go ahead and try and to go rem- in. Yeah. So by that, I mean. <laughs> I explained to her explicit content. Yeah. Going in, I would have to go in with my hand and remove the placenta. So I thought I'll just quickly and easily go in, grab it. I could see it and just pull it out. Well, when I went in to do that, I real, that's when I realized that part of the placenta had not released yet. So, um, that sucks. So we, I pulled, (laughs) I pulled the placenta that I could, that I could and and it did come halfway out. So of part of the placenta is out of her body. Out of her vagina. And she was in McRoberts because she has a low pubic bone, which is fine. But that does sometimes make it hard for the placenta so to come out. So basically she's on her back. Her knees are back. And her butt's hanging off the bed. Yeah. So one leg, her, her right leg is on me. Her left leg is on Jess. I'm. You guys are processing the fuck out of this birth right now. No, I'm just explaining. We already went through this, yeah. so I'm okay. just trying to paint a picture. Like, so I looked up at Jess, and her face was like WTF, <laughs> and that's the first time I had ever seen her face in 15 years. I've never seen her make that face. She was like WTF. What now? And I'm like, you know what? It's fine. I'm just gonna because while you were putting pressure. There's no bleeding. Right. So with part of her placenta out and me using my left hand to put pressure to hold her uterus, Mm -hmm. she wasn't bleeding. And she was just she was just looking at me like she's totally fine. What? What? She sent me an explanation of how she felt during all this. I'm going to read it before we close. Yes, that would be perfect. So I thought to myself, okay, listen, you can either call 911 and transfer this sweet, sweet woman with half a placenta hanging out, or... Or do exactly what they would do when you get to the hospital. (laughs) Or... No, I I didn't do what they would do in the hospital. They manually remove placentas in the hospital. They do, and I did go in, and I did... we gave her, in between that time, we gave her more Pitocin, gave her Cytotec. Well, I was getting to that. Gotcha, I wasn't there yet. I'm cutting right ahead. You cut right ahead. First, my my thought process was... I could call 911 and go in and rip the placenta away from her uterus like they would do in the hospital. But instead, since she was looking at me and her color was good, I decided to just hold her uterus like I loved it. Like, yeah. You did love it. I did love it. So I was holding it and she stopped bleeding. And then I just let the nurse, I let Whitney do all the things. I'm like, I'll take another shot. I'll take pit in the bag. I'll take some Cytotec. Mm-hmm. And by the way, let's try that. Why not? Union buyout. Yeah. Give it out. Oh, you did the union buyout. For the first time oh. in my whole life. You guys kept calling but Miso. Really and I was like, that sounds so <laughs> you much tastier. kept ta- calling it Miso? No, I was. Someone did. And I was like, that sounds so much tastier than what it really is. 
No, I was calling the Cytotech miso because oh, I couldn't. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, do we have the miso oh. or do we have the Cytotech? Because our protocol is so funny. All prod- I know is I kept hearing miso. And like I was the like, soup. Mm. That sounds the ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time this poor mom is bleeding. I'm starving and I just wanted some damn soup. Thinking <laughs> about miso soup and fermented soybeans. <laughs> so, so I just, oh. this is the part, and you can take over from here, but this is the part that I'll never forget. And she also said, I will never forget. So I'm I'm holding her uterus. Yeah. And Whitney's starting the IV and she's putting the Pitocin in. She has um, the miso in her cheek. The cytotech. And and I, I look over and I see her husband is like, his shoulders are very high. Like, clearly he's upset. He's worried. Like, he's worried. And she's staring at me like into my soul. So as I'm holding her uterus with a placenta in my right hand and her uterus on my left, I say, so you, you come here often or is this your first time? <laughs> Are you new to this place? Or so yeah, how's it going? And she just started laughing, and then her husband like her his shoulders dropped, and he did a giggle, and I was like, okay, we're good. Like she doesn't hate me, great. And so we sat there like that for fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes, yeah. And we just chatted. A placenta hanging out. Uh huh. And you kept saying you're not bleeding, so there's no emergency. You're totally. How are you feeling? You're feeling good. Great. That's fantastic. Jess looking at me like WTF. I don't even understand. (laughs) This is still happening. What's happening right now? (laughs) And and her husband just keeps like peeking, but looking back. And I'm thinking, who had the baby at this point? Her husband was holding. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, why not? She's not bleeding. There's no emergency. I know it sounds emergent, but there's no emergency. Let's just wait for the union buyout, the miso, the pit. It's all going to kick in at once like an induction. And and the rest of her... Her placenta will come off the wall of her uterus. Right. So, but it didn't. Did not. It did not. So. You were so patient. <laughs> we were so patient. So 15 minutes after that, I said, listen. I'll take it did not for 100. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> you guys, literally, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> you keep Go doing on. it. I'll take what the fuck 2020, Alex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so we, I, so I gave her the option. You can transfer as is. <laughs> No takesy backsies or as it I will ride in an ambulance with you right. doing this exact like same this, thing. Or I can go ahead and try to get the rest of the of your placenta out. And she obviously opted for She did not and she told me in text messages that, that going to the hospital and transferring and having to be separated from her husband and her baby because of COVID measures was like not and not really listen, okay it her, sounds yeah. and we're laughing about this, but the honest like the truth is to have your uterus manually explored it's in not fun. quotations. Is horrible. That's it's not, horrific. That's the, I know I'm a crier, but the first time I ever had to witness that at the last birth center I worked at, I cried for a really long time It's afterwards. It's so awful. And she just like. Oh my God. She handled it. Oh like, my God. She just breathed through it. I can't just, even imagine Just she that. breathed. And every time she looked at me, it was with a look of like, I know this is necessary. I got this. You do it. I'm here. We're good. I couldn't like, so I was so proud of her. I couldn't believe how strong she was. So when I did go in the second time, to, it. it came out like it took some work, but we did get it out and I, I took it and I plopped it down onto the ground and I thought it was half a placenta. I thought it was half a placenta. Well, I got part of it. So I went back in a third time and everything was smooth and perfect the way it was supposed mm-hmm. to be. 
And I thought, what in the actual hell? Yeah, she said she didn't even really recognize it as a placenta. No. It did not look like a placenta to me. So then fast forward, um, this mom didn't bleed. Like, she she bled barely for the rest of her immediate postpartum. Everything was perfect. The rest of her postpartum, she had no increased bleeding. Um, I thought for sure we would be at the center. I'm like, well, I'll just stay here for like 8, 10 hours. We'll just like watch her together mm-hmm. and no she was up oh i gotta pee i'm gonna get up i'm walking to the toilet i'm walking back everything's great it's amazing like how women can handle how, that much though, loss like and, she's yeah. oh my god she's so amazing so then we looked at that placenta and it was officially I, did you take a picture yes, yeah i have a okay. video oh, i can't the weirdest wait placenta i've ever seen oh it, i'm so it, excited it looked like it was a 40 like if there was such is there such thing as a 45 week placenta yeah that's what it would have looked like i'm like Sorry. dying to see this and so it now. was basically just falling apart which it is just, why the cord snapped so easily right so the cord just kind of pulled off from it the rest of it was so easily torn apart um her she was only 41 not weeks? even 42 not yeah. 42 so but i just have to say like other women may not have been able to tolerate no. or been okay with that, but she was so strong and so like committed mm-hmm. to doing whatever she needed to do that she was able to stay. I want to I want to read hospital. what she said to me about it. She said, "As far as the placenta, it really feels like a blur." I remember holding the baby. Then the next thing I remember, I was on the side of the bed with Kim holding my placenta in her hand and calmly explaining what may happen if all the medicine I was administered didn't work. I was terrified of being transferred because of COVID restrictions and did not want to be separated from the baby and my husband. When I heard the word surgery, because we had almost been thinking the way the placenta was holding on, that she could have some kind of a creta or something. And so at some point we mentioned surgery if it did not come out, which is why she said that. Um, So she said, um, when we... um, When I heard the word surgery, I wanted to crumble, but I knew I had to stay focused. And above all, I trusted my birth team and was confident that Kim was going to give it her absolute all. And I left left the rest up to God. My husband said he prayed the entire time it was going on. I was focused on my breathing and stay calm and attentive to what was going to be expected from me in order to try all options. So I had to know that if getting the placenta out manually was going to be my option, I had to woman up and I was all for it. The pain level was uncomfortable, and there was a peak of intensity so unbearable. But again, I knew I had to give it all I had. Your mindset is everything, and all I wanted was to hold my baby and everything be okay. Determination was the key word for her birth, and I did it. God, that is so That's inspiring. so badass. Oh, she's such a badass. What? I mean, whoa, queen. Well, I'm less of a woman <laughs> starting today. No. And then the placenta uh, came out, and everything was okay. It really was. I've been told in the past that maybe in an emergency I should look a little more emergent, but that was one no. of those situations where... I don't know why looking emergent would ever help anyone, honestly. I'm sorry if I looked emergent. I need to get control of my face. (laughs) I've just never (laughs) seen you. I've never seen you like you looked at me, her vagina, me, her vagina, (laughs) me, her vagina. And you just kept doing it. And I'm like, are you trying to tell me something? (laughs) Are you confused? I'm freaking out. (laughs) Usually I can read your mind. I'm not reading anything. It's probably because her brain shut down and she was like in straight like what the actual And so she goes, this is a first for me. When you said there's a lot of blood behind her, I was like, that's fine. Okay. That's good. And you're like, okay. Like, 
<laughs> Kim is so used to hemorrhages at this point. Like she's just yeah. like, whatever. I mean, fuck it. I mean, what? what if she's not passing out. I would have been whatever. fine with it too, but it was like, are we getting? Yeah, that or yeah. Not? Excuse me. What are the plans? Excuse me. I'm sorry, I don't have an agenda. Well, there's here. been a, like recently. There's been a couple times with you where like nothing's wrong, but you're just like chilling and like i'm used to you like being like let's get this placenta out so i'm just like sitting on the bed waiting for you to be like let's do it and, and it's I, not I do happening. have to say that when because we went back and we counted i'm not going to say the number that we counted you still haven't told me a number but we went back and we added up all the chucks pads and stuff and it was quite a substantial, substantial. was it bigger? Was, was it bigger than the one you've had in the past no oh, okay. i'm comfortable with this number mm-hmm. oh, okay it was close to it though yeah no it was not mm. no no I think we're thinking two different numbers. We might be thinking. I'm going to write numbers. my number down. You write, <laughs> and then we'll pass it across the desk, and we'll see how close we are. Tracy's. Could you just mean your use your mind reading powers to do that? No, I don't. I don't have any. <laughs> okay, so the the short story is that was not short. Have a trained provider. At I'm pretty all sure that was an entire episode. This is one of those births where I'm like, this is why I don't. This is why unassisted birth makes Freak me you so out. nervous. Yeah. But I mean, I support someone that wants to do that, but without a trained provider there, that could have gone really. That could have gone really, really poorly. But Ooh, also, little really shiver. She's so amazing. I'm yeah, so proud also of her. Queen. I'm so yes. glad I was there. Jen went on call today. She would not have let me go. She uh, wanted to go to her birth too. <laughs> I was so glad. I was so glad we were there. Yeah. I know. Anyway, you're awesome. And we love you. Been there and you're, you're amazing. Um, so amazing. Thanks so for really, sharing your story. We really yeah, have yeah. to wrap up this episode. Yeah. It's like two hours long, right? I don't know. The wonders of the placenta. Who'd have known there was so much about a placenta to talk about? Kim was like, this is going to be so boring. Some people (laughs) think placentas are gross and weird. I think that they are wondrous and magical in the tree of life. And that was really crunchy. And scientifically astounding. Yes. They really are. I mean, I'll get on board with that one. (laughs) Yes, they are. And also, cord burnings are really cool. They are Don't cool. let this chick tell you any differently. I didn't say they weren't cool. And the only other thing we have to say is... Cheers! Cheers. Well, that went well. 